If your job is on life support, you need the job doctor. My brain is a walking database of thousands of case studies on how careers rise and fall. I'll help you diagnose what's really going on. It's the guidance you need to get back on track from someone who's been there. You can make the money you always wanted to make, doing the type of work you have always wanted to do. You may just need a little help from the job doctor. Hello, everybody. This is the job doctor. The doctor is in. Today, we are going to talk about a problem that I'm hearing more and more from people about. When companies are laying off, and especially if you pick smaller, mid-sized companies that are having layoffs, your resume kind of gets busted. And all of a sudden, it looks like, is the problem me? So we're going to talk to Corey today about how he can overcome that and hopefully land himself a good job. So Corey, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You are so welcome. All right, Corey, we're going to dig right in. Give me, if you would, just a very brief history on what's happened over the last several years and what concerns you about your resume. Sure. So um, I've been in the workforce for about seven-ish years, maybe going on eight. And in general, I've worked at a handful of smaller startups, uh, smaller mid-sized companies, like you said. And I've worked in roles that are relatively new-ish at the time. So I've worked in social media roles um, and I've kind of had hybrid responsibilities in there. Um, And like you said, the main question that I have is, you know, I've worked at smaller startups that have just unfortunately had large rounds of layoffs, which have now especially become very, very common. But for me, it's just been a string of this. And yeah, I'm just hoping to get some help on uh, how do I navigate this? I feel like I have a lot to offer. So you brought up a couple of things I want to drill deeper on. Uh, Newish roles. So are you typically coming into these companies and the first person who has done that type of role before, in this case, social media? Yes. So early on, I didn't really think very much about this, but now that I'm older looking back, mm-hmm. I realize that this has also been something that's been part of sort of the challenges that I've had in my career. But um, I've come into roles that I was the first social media manager at the company and also the only social media manager. So um, you okay. know, startup chaos aside, but it's also been challenging in that the managers that I've worked for have not really had a lot of experience or often zero experience working in social media. So haven't really had a lot of guidance early yeah. on. I can see how that would be difficult because if they're new to this world and they know we've got to do something with social media, but if they're not really clear on how to measure it or what they want from it, then I can see how you could get caught in the crossfire pretty quick. The other thing to note, by the way, is that marketing, in my experience, is the number one department that gets cut in any company. So mm-hmm. marketing just means different things to different people. It always has. So some to some companies, it's brand management. To some, it's uh, PR and to some it's, you know, digital marketing strategy. It's just different for everybody. So it's a riskier role to be in. Now I'm going to ask you a very personal question. What Please. can you tell me about your own shortcomings as you look at the history and getting laid off? What do you think you have not done well? Yes. So absolutely. You know, I think in telling my story about career, there's certainly things in every job that I could have done a lot better and in a lot of the earlier roles, especially like there was a huge percentage of staff laid off. So 40%, 30% of staff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in terms of the things that I've had a little bit of trouble with is like I said, especially in the beginning, uh, sort of jumping in and not really knowing exactly what I need to do. So I think I learned a lot about social media on my own learning, but I didn't really know, like you said, how to measure or how to have certain structure to my role. Um, I think as I got older or a little bit more experienced in my career, rather that sort of, um, you know, became a little bit easier. 
So you think that I think, not measuring it, you don't think that you, if you didn't measure it, I'm just thinking ahead. Does that mean you may not have been great at showing the value through data and statistics to your leaders? I think maybe in the earlier days, but, you know, I was really excited about learning how to, you know, be better at a career. And I would consume a lot of content online about how to do marketing, mm-hmm. you know, so do a lot of um, self-studying and I think I was able to get some of those skills. I think earlier on too, and just to be very open and transparent, I didn't know until maybe two years ago, but I got diagnosed with ADHD. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think early on, there was also probably some trouble with keeping up with some deadlines and just staying organized and, you know, that sort of general cloud of things. Uh, I was always told like the work that I do is really high caliber. So in my hybrid roles, I've done not just the marketing side of social media, but I brought in a lot of skills with design and photography that Mm -hmm. I had done in the past. So I worked in roles where I was not only, you know, coming up with strategy and scheduling posts and all that sort of base foundation of the marketing aspect, but also hopping into the studio, creating videos, creating photos, creating designs. Mm-hmm. And the quality of the work, I always received really good feedback, but I think definitely, especially in the earlier parts of my career, stumbled a bit with some of the more executive functioning kind of aspects. Um, I relate. You know, I have a, yeah. I have ADHD and I normally don't talk about that. I don't talk about it on TikTok or any of my social platforms, but I certainly understand the gift and the curse of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think understanding that that's a part of your history, I think we want to play up all the different areas that you have played in, right? Because that's, that's an advantage too. It's an advantage that you you can play in lots of different areas and do lots of different things. So you're kind of a Swiss army knife as it relates to social media and marketing. You're doing a lot more than just social media if you've done video and some other things. So um, one of the things that I would say on a resume, generally speaking, that has lots of stops and starts like yours does. I have the advantage of looking at your resume here so I can, you know, see closely where some of the problems and the gaps are. Because these have been really short term, I think you may be better to position yourself. I wouldn't go as far as saying that I'm a contract worker because you weren't, but I think I would probably um, lump many of these digital marketing roles under kind of one bucket of I was a digital marketer or a social media manager for Mm. these companies you're stopping short of saying I was a contractor, but you're saying I did it for these companies in the description. And then you can add bullet points that are really relevant to the things you did best and create a different kind of resume because there's, there's a resume that's chronological. And in your case, Mm -hmm. that will not serve you. And I very, Mm -hmm. very seldom recommend another type of resume, but in your case, I think I would, I think I would say, here's the, the buckets within social media marketing or marketing the bigger you know, brand strategist. And then you can say social media marketing and put some of your greatest highlights and then go to, you know, photography or production and put some of your greatest highlights and then go to brand management and do some of your greatest highlights because Mm -hmm. you have some really good things here. You've done a lot with client relations, which is a very big deal. You know, you've had to talk to people and it looks like you've had to land deals. Is that true? Um, slightly. I mean, I wasn't so much. So last year, I guess for everyone listening context wise, I did start working in an agency in my last role and it was a marketing agency. Um, so I worked as a creative strategist where I was working not on the organic side of social media brand management, but working with a handful of clients on their paid ads. Um, Mm -hmm. and yes, I was client facing in that role. And there were some times where, you know, me and the other strategists on the team would 
be presented to a client that was on the fence about joining our agency. And mm-hmm. we would kind of talk through them and talk about our process and, you know, try to get them uh, on board. So sometimes help land some clients, but, you know, the sales aspect wasn't the main part of my role there, but. Um, okay, yeah, great. But account management was. Yes, very much so. <laughs> All right. I love this. Okay. So you've done agency and you've done in-house. So that's really helpful for me to know. Let me back up just a bit. What is the ideal role that you want to get? Is it more of a creative strategist? Is it more of a social media marketer? You know, is there a specific thing you're really gunning for? I think I definitely am leaning more towards creative strategy. Um, it was kind of interesting to work in that facet. I think the challenge of working in-house on social media, and I think things are changing now, thankfully. Um, so a lot of people in the industry have been very vocal about this, but oftentimes many people in these roles like myself get landed as the only person in that social media role. Mm-hmm. And we have to do everything. Everything. And early on my career, I thought that was a strength that I could do everything. And I very quickly learned that um, that just kind of leads to burnout and is not sustainable. So I think the title creative strategist, the responsibilities of um, a creative strategist, I think align a little bit more specifically and more broadly to the things that I'm interested in. So going not just only in the social media scope, but mm-hmm. I think that can apply to many different things. What are you good at? What are, What do you think in your estimation you're best at? I think I do see myself right in the crosshairs of the strategic thinking and the creative thinking. So I think of myself almost as like a translator. I think I speak the creative language very fluently. I know how to work with designers, speak to photographers. I mean, I've, I've worked in those aspects myself, those facets myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can speak that language, but I've also like been deep in the marketing side of the equation as well. So I'm not uncomfortable working with data. I know how to look at post metrics and things like mm-hmm. this the ad metric, the creative metrics, and actually tie those into what we're doing creatively. I think also just the strategic thinking. So I think oftentimes, and I think this is honestly a, a ADHD superpower, is that I can see sort of, a, I, I think of it as a constellation. So the problem that we're facing, and I feel like I can see everything from a bird's eye view really clearly and really quickly just find paths to the solution. And mm-hmm. um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, I do think I have like the strategic mindset or capabilities, but I also speak the language of, the creative side very fluently. So I think, I think a role where I can be in the middle and translate for both sides, I think is both fulfilling. And I think that's where I um, offer something kind of unique. So. Okay. For your resume, I think you're going to have to say, what are the four things I do the best in all the jobs I've had? What are those subcategories? Let's just list them off for me right now. What would you say your four greatest strengths are in those subcategories? Hmm. Oh, on the spot is a little tricky. I know, tricky, huh? I, <laughs> I mean, I do think the strategic thinking, the big picture thinking is a strength of mine. Um, when you say big picture thinking, are you saying I come up just with good ideas or I know how to solve the problem that the company needs to solve through its marketing? Well, for context, I went to school for landscape architecture, which is an environmental design program. So at the core, it's about design thinking and all design practices, whether it's product design or architecture or fashion design. At the core, it's about understanding who you're solving problems for and then taking a design process to solve those problems. So that's kind of been the core foundation of everything I've done in my career, even though I've done something very drastically different than landscape design. Um, So to your question... I think about it as I can figure out what the actual problem is that we're solving and come up with solutions for that. But I do think as well that I, you know, I've had my 
uh, toes dipped in a lot of different fields of interest and working in a lot of different startups and across different industries, I think I'm able to pull insights from very disparate, um, divergent places. So I think idea generation is another strength of mine as well. So design thinking means something more to me than strategic thinking. Strategic thinking is a word that we all throw out and say that we do, but nobody really knows what it means. But design Mm. thinking is actually quite important. Tell me three more areas that are your sweet spot. I think creative direction as well, I'd say, is a sweet spot for me. Okay. Um, I think doing presentations. I know right now I'm a little bit long-winded and a bit scattered, but if I have time to prepare for a presentation, I think I'm quite good at um, making a slide deck and also speaking to it and telling a compelling narrative. Okay. And yeah, I think pulling insights and looking at data is something I feel, especially as a marketer, especially for roles like social media, I think oftentimes there's a meme that's going around where they'll say you're either this type of marketer or this type of marketer, and one's like, sparkly emojis and pink mm-hmm. emojis and ones like data chart and graphs and whatnot. And, um, but I do feel like I can do both. All right. Well, with those as your selected areas of strength, I want you to build a resume that every single thing you put on there points back to a proof point that you can do that thing or those mm. four things. Because what I'm seeing on your resume, I'm seeing some really good things, by the way, but what I'm not seeing are, for example, insights and data. If you're an insights and data person, I'm not seeing insights and data very many places on your resume. And what Mm. I'm looking for is, how do I know I do insights and data well? Well, because Mm. I moved it from this to this on Instagram, or I moved the followers from this to this, or the media impressions from this to this. That's what I'm looking Mm. for. So I want you to think, what are three proof points, three outcomes and results I got around insights and data? I want you to take the same thing for this whole idea of having something that's aesthetically pleasing and you're good at with creative direction. That's a little harder, right? Because it's a softer Mm. category. But how do you know that your, whatever you produced, looks that much better than it looked before? Mm. How do you know that it was better? And that's a harder one to answer, but it would be helpful on your resume to be able to say, you know, I used these mediums that weren't used before. Or Mm. for instance, I had a social media person Mm. and they did captions, but the captions look like crap. Mm -hmm. When I think of somebody that does good creative directions, the captions have an interesting font and they show up interesting, better places. The lighting's better. Mm. things like that. So how do you know that you are a good creative director? You might Mm. get insights if you pull up resumes or even job descriptions, pull up job descriptions on Indeed and CareerBuilder and some of these places, ZipRecruiter, and see how do they talk about creative director. Just pull up creative director alone. You're Mm. going to gain insights on how you talk about yourself by the criteria that they're asking for. Mm, I see. Right. You kind of work the problem backwards. Right. In fact, many times what I'll do is I will find the perfect job I want, and then I will take that job description, and I will actually move it. I call it a lift and shift. Lift and shift every requirement I can reasonably do with honesty over to my resume, or at least see how I could position it to get close to how they talk about it. Mm, I see. You can use AI to help you with that as well, by the way. Yes, I've been using the chat GPT quite a lot, actually, lately. It's been helpful. I talked to a gentleman yesterday. 
his resume wasn't getting any callbacks. He put it in ChatGPT and then he pulled up the job he wanted. He told ChatGPT to create a new resume inserting the requirements from the job he wanted into the existing resume and make it sound Mm -hmm. better. He had to make a few tweaks once it, you know, spit out what it said. But he said within 30 minutes, he got a call for an interview after he posted it. This is after not getting a call back for weeks and weeks and weeks. So please use that to your advantage. I think that will help you. Absolutely. Can I quickly ask a clarifying question about sure. um, the structure of the resume that you're recommending in my case, since I have so many short stints in companies. Mm-hmm. So you said to pivot away from uh, the chronological mm-hmm. resume that I have now and just have sections. So the sections would then be those four strings that you yes, had me outline. That's right. Okay. So what I would do is under experience, I would say, um, you know, I have creative strategist, something like that, creative strategist. And underneath that, I would say, I've worked in numerous companies where I have managed social media, helped with the digital marketing strategy, blah, 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 blah. So you kind of say, what's the area of expertise I have? And then I would go into those four bullet points, design thinking, couple of bullet points. How do I know I do that well? Creative direction. How do I know I do that well? Insights and data. Mm -hmm. How do I know what I do that well? I would probably rethink uh, presentations and proposals because I don't think it's as core piece of the job. And I might pull out social media and say, how do I know I did that well? Or how do I know we got traction on that Mm -hmm. or account management? But that's the resume I think I would build for you, given that you've had so many layoffs and so many Mm -hmm. jobs that are stops and starts. It really does. When you see four or five of those in a row, it makes an employer nervous. Mm -hmm. And so I'd focus on the things that don't make them nervous right? The things you do well and how you know, and the proof points, because proof points, not just spitting out your job description, but the proof points that say I did this well and how I know I did it well, overcome all kinds of shortcomings on a resume. Mm, I see. I think this is why I've been very focused as well on my portfolio and I'm currently updating it with things I've worked on last year. So it needs a little bit of work, but I've been so insecure about having the start and stops. And the question always comes up, of course, Mm -hmm. what happened. And I explained it very calmly and confidently and professionally and truthfully, but, um, you yeah, won't get as many of those questions if you structure the resume differently. Some, mm-hmm. now somebody I, is still going to dive in, but you're changing the narrative on your resume. When you mm-hmm. say, here's the four things I do well, and here's how I know I do them well, then instantly where their mind goes is tell me about the time you did that thing. That's the, mm-hmm. that I need that thing done. Tell me about that. Instead mm-hmm. of, what instantly pops up on a chronological, if you've been laid off five, six, seven times, is why are you getting laid off? That's the question they're going to drill in yeah. for the whole thing. So you're just reframing the way you present yourself so you can reframe the, the first question that comes to their mind. Yeah, that's great. And I guess on that note, I'm wondering uh, with things like the applicant tracking system and whatnot, so if I'm not listing you know, roles in terms of order of experience or chronologically, do you think it'll have like a... Sure. Uh, it's, it's difficult. When you have to apply online and they force that, it's difficult. Mm. It's going to be more difficult for you. No question. Because you can't outsmart the way that they're asking for things. And so my recommendation is to find the hiring manager. Do some work on LinkedIn. Find out where the department is. Ask some questions of some people. 
try and get directly to the person so you can get your resume in front of them, the resume version Mm -hmm. you want to be in front of them. I see. The other thing that can help you is you can put on, your resume is not incredibly long, but if you if you put recommendations, I call them LinkedIn-style recommendations, kind of the mm. bottom second half, proof points that other people say you do the job well, that can also overcome some of the shortcomings of somebody who's moved around a lot. So almost like a, a testimonial from previous? Yeah. Corey was the best social media Instagram person we've ever worked with. We went from no followers to you know, 20,000 followers in three months' time. Or mm-hmm. Corey rolled out this really creative idea that, you know, helped us bring in blah, 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 blah. Anything that you can get that's just like a one sentence or two sentence, you're not asking somebody for a full letter of recommendation. So it's faster. You can get those just, you know, overnight from people. I think those add proof points to offset whatever question somebody has about, is there something wrong with this guy? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that's a great idea. And I think too, like, even as I said earlier, especially earlier on in my career, there were certain moments where, you know, I had trouble with executive functioning and getting things in on time, and whatnot. And sometimes the managers that I would get moved under would be like, what is going on? You know, we have mm-hmm. a little bit of a uh, trouble in the beginning, but I'd say each time after we work together on it, I've ended at those places, even though it's ended up in layoff, regardless of performance, I've been told like the work that you do is phenomenal. And this is great. Like, let's see more of this kind of thing. So I think I should go back to those managers and maybe ask them yes. for that testimonial. I want to get hold of you so bad. You would be the greatest coaching client because what we could do is we could take the shortcomings that you've had and talk about your evolution and what you've learned to do better. And really make an interview that just sings. People don't want a perfect candidate. They want a candidate that has insight into their shortcomings and their strengths. And what you just described to me would make such a great answer for an interview. I can't help but go there because you could say, I I used to not do this well, but through this evolution, here's where I'm at. Here's an example of the kind of dashboard that I would use to to show my progression or there's a lot of ways we could go with it. But Mm. I think the real theme for your resume is when you have that many things that give question marks, mm-hmm. everything on your resume has to be a proof point that you can do something well. And most people write resumes that look like a job description, not mm-hmm. a resume that looks like proof points that they can do the job well, not the results they got, not the problems they solve, not the things that are better off because they were there. So Mm. you need to spend extra time building your proof points and then adding those LinkedIn style recommendations. All of those overcome the shortcomings of your resume. So even though we're building a resume that's not chronological, if you do have to apply to an ATS, at least if your bullet points are correct in terms of outcomes and you have some recommendations that look good, I think you can get past that. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. I sincerely appreciate you taking my question and talking with me today, and I feel very encouraged. So thank you. Well, I'm glad I could help you today. Thanks so much. And stay in touch. Let me know if you land a job. I certainly will. If you like my podcast, you will absolutely love my book. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success, Navigating Pay, Promotions, and Power at Work. 
I wrote it because I could see that people didn't understand why some people got ahead and some people's career stayed stagnant. So if you're interested in building a more frictionless career path for yourself and having a better experience with work, this is a book that you need to have. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to my website at thejobdoctor.com.